everybody. Welcome to the Heart to Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today's guest is Sarah Rollins. Sarah is a licensed master social worker and a somatic experience practitioner living in the Detroit, Michigan area. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So today we're going to talk about somatic experiencing. I know very little about it, so hopefully by the end of this, I'll know quite a bit more. What, what exactly is somatic experiencing? Yeah, so you are not alone in knowing little about it, so I'm excited to be here and talking about it. Um, so somatic experiencing is a type of therapy that focuses on helping integrate trauma into the nervous system. And what I mean by that is you're like, well, I want to integrate it. I want to get rid of it. And <laughs> so what I mean by that is we want the energy that feels stuck from trauma, what it so incomplete self-protection responses such as fight or flight or freeze, which a lot of people have maybe heard about. So a lot of us, when we've had a traumatic experience, those feel kind of stuck in our system. Like we might feel like we chronically feel in fight or we chronically feel like we're fleeing situations, like we're anxious. And so we're not kind of getting rid of that. We're not that's not fleeing our system, but what we're doing is we're kind of integrating that. So we no longer, that no longer feels stuck, if that makes sense. It does. And one reason I wanted to have you on is because my listeners generally have chronic pain or chronic illness. And I've read in multiple places that 50 to 80% of physical pain comes from repressed or unprocessed emotional pain. So I think this could be, you know, really helpful for people who still have unresolved trauma in their lives, like I do, that I'm working on. Is this a, a science-based methodology? Yeah, yeah, great question. So what we know in somatic work um, is that, I mean, somatic work is the broad term we use. So somatic experiencing is a type of somatic work. So I might say SE, which is um, the acronym for, because somatic experiencing is a mouthful, so, um, mm -hmm. or somatic work. So SE is based off of um, Peter Levine, who developed this work, um, and he studied animals, um, and he studied animals in the wild, and he, he said, well, wait, why are they able to deactivate from a traumatic experience where humans aren't so much. Um, and so that's kind of where, and he did a lot of research. There's a lot of articles on the traumahealing.org website, which is um, Somatic Experiencing's website um, about this. Another aspect that um, Somatic Experiencing is based off of, it's called the polyvagal theory which is um, Stephen Porges's work. And that's based off of the vagus nerve and, um, and the fight flight responses, um, fight flight, dorsal vagal, ventral vagal responses. So I can go into that more, but, um, but yes, it is based in science. So what did he find out by, by researching these animals? Why do humans get stuck in this fight, flight or freeze response? Yeah, so it's, a, it's such an interesting point. So part of it is there's this really interesting video on YouTube that I think if you type in, um, 
I think if you type in like polar bear, Peter Levine, you'll find it. And so what happens is this polar bear, um, you see it go into fr a freeze response and then you see it actually deactivate by shaking. Um, so what it does is it shakes the energy and that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. So the energy is still in the system, but it shakes it off, right? And so there's many reasons that we as humans don't always get to do that. And that's just one example. So one reason might be it's not socially appropriate, right? We feel like, for example, let's say we fall um, and we're embarrassed, right? And we're like, oh my gosh, I have to get right back up and I feel weird. So we just get right back up. But maybe we needed to like settle on the ground for a little bit. So it could be a sense of embarrassment. It could be a sense of, I physically don't have the time or the space to let my body deactivate and let that, that trauma response deactivate. So um, some people have been through medical traumas where they were physically restrained. Um, and so in those situations, maybe their body wanted to move, but there were physical restraints that weren't allowing them to move. So there's many reasons, um, but those are just a few. Um, there's also um, meaning that we make. Um, there's shame responses that we as humans have. And it's cool that we have these responses that we can connect with others and that we can, um, you know, we have the meaning making channel, but it also can hold us back in a way. So that's some of what we do in um, somatic therapy is we help what we call uncouple the meaning from a situation. Okay. So how is SE different from more traditional forms of therapy, like, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, for example? Yeah, yeah. This is a common question I get all the time. Um, and I love answering it. So, um, and I will say that this is how I see it as different and a different somatic therapist or, you know, SE therapist might say something different. So my response is, Traditional cognitive therapy focuses on what thoughts do we have, what feelings do we have, and what behaviors do we have. Um, and we call that the cognitive triangle. And so to me, that's very head-based, right? We're kind of floating heads in those scenarios. What somatic therapy does is it doesn't ignore those aspects. We're not ever ignoring our thoughts. We're not ignoring our feelings. We're not ignoring our behaviors because that would be very silly in my opinion. What we're doing though is we're adding a couple aspects in. One, we're adding the body and the nervous system. So we're going to track the nervous system and know what state am I in moment to moment. And when I say state, I mean are we in that kind of fight state, flight state, freeze state? Um, shutdown is different than freeze. It's more of like a flaccid freeze where it feels like I can't really, um, freeze is more I'm like rigid and stuck where shutdown is more of like, I can't get out of bed. I feel like the flaccid kind of, um, kind of floppy, if that makes sense. So what we're doing is we're helping 
What I do is I help my clients track their nervous system states and get to know the sensations that happen in their bodies. We're also using imagination um, in, in somatic work because what's cool is the body doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So sometimes that can feel really frustrating because it feels like there's a threat happening and it feels bigger than it is. And it's like, why am I responding so big to it? So it can be really frustrating, but we can also use that to our advantage. So in somatic work, we use a lot of imagination to help create that deactivation of energy of that stuck trauma energy to and release it that never got a chance to release. Okay. So I've been doing EMDR therapy for a couple of years now. Um, and I think maybe we incorporate a little bit of this in EMDR because she's always asking me, where am I, what am I feeling in my body and where am I feeling it? And, you know, I'm having to, to scan my body and figure out where my tension is, if my stomach's upset, if I'm getting a headache. And oftentimes there was one time I had a full-blown panic attack and it started, you know, during EMDR and it started with a, with a headache I started noticing. And then it just started building into a full-blown panic attack. Um, so EMDR, is that, is that maybe one example that incorporates SE? Maybe what are some others? Yeah, so it's, it's so interesting because EMDR, I would say there's elements of somatic work in EMDR. So you're, like you're, you're saying, like there's elements of noticing what's happening in the body where like in pure cognitive behavioral therapy, a, a cognitive therapist would never ask what is happening in your body. They would just never ask that. They would, they would ask, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Where it's great that your EMDR therapist is helping you notice what's happening inside. That's awesome. Um, so just as EMDR, then you're doing, you know, the eye movements, that that's gonna be different than somatic experiencing. Um, and there's, you know, there's elements of SE that are different than EMDR. Um, so, but they're both, what's cool is they're, I think they work really well together. Um, and they're both help with trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know we've talked about how SC can help with trauma. What else can it help with? Yeah, so much. So, um, a couple things. So you mentioned pain. So SE cannot help with organic pain. So let's say there's a bone sticking out of my leg. I, I will tell any of my clients, like I, you know, or you have, I know that's an extreme example, but like, let's say there's like, you know, I have a herniated disc or, you know, whatever. We cannot treat organic pain, but what we can do is that if there's any pain um, or emotional pain associated with that, um, we can help with that. And we hear this a lot, or I hear this a lot, is people go from doctor to doctor and the doctor says, well, we can't find any medical reason. And I know people get really frustrated. Well, that doesn't mean that my experience isn't valid or real. And so we, we work to help you figure out, okay, how do we, how do we work with this? And 
So sometimes SE is about there's too much focus on sensation internally, meaning like we're too focused on the sensations in our body. And that can happen with pain because it's like, oh my gosh, it feels like there's a fire alarm going off in my body. There's pain all the time. And if, if there's a fire alarm, we should be focusing on it. So sometimes in SE, we, what we actually do is help people, um, what we call uncouple. So detach um, their awareness from sensation. And I'm not saying they'll, they'll dissociate or never focus on it, but lessen or loosen that relationship, which can help with pain. So pain, stress, um, anxiety it can help with, depression. SE can also help with body image because um, part of SE is being embodied. So a lot of times part of body image is I don't want to feel my body. I don't want to be in my body. I hate my body. Um, I don't, you know, I can definitely relate to that. Um, and so part of somatic work is being embodied. Um, and so it can really help with body image. Um, and so I would say those are the main things, kind of the ma major kind of common reasons that people um, come and seek this type of work. Obviously, yeah, that's a, but. yeah, that's a lot of different things that I think is, is, is really interesting that it can help with so many things. And I imagine that you've got you know, examples of clients who have come in with pain. And once they do this and, and process their trauma in this way, some of their pain is, is released and they don't feel it anymore, um, especially if it's related to the unresolved and unprocessed emotions and trauma. I had one lady guest on my podcast a while back and she healed 12 years of chronic back pain. I mean, debilitating pain just by doing different methods to, to address her trauma. And so all of hers was related to her, her trauma and her, her emotions. So it just is it, just one of, I'm sure many examples that happen when people get their trauma taken care of, they're healed in so many ways, not just emotionally. Yeah. And I think about like little kids and this applies to adults too, but I know little kids and this happened to me as a little kid, I used to have a lot of stomach aches. And it happens a lot in little kids where they don't have the cognitive ability to say, hey, I don't, I feel really anxious right now. And so then it comes out in pain. It comes out in stomach aches. It comes out in headaches. Um, and so I used to like have a lot of stomach aches. Um, and so over time that can just build up and build up and build up. And so and for me, it was like a lot of stress. It just like my, I didn't know kind of like, I was just like really little anxious ball of energy as a little kid, right? And so like the amount of times I threw up in the pool is just, I can't even count. Um, so I think part of that is like our body, when we can't verbalize something, it's gonna come out another way. 
And sometimes it's not safe to verbalize things. Sometimes there's not space to verbalize it. Sometimes we verbalized it and no one listened. Um, so, so pain is a way for our, our body to express itself. And that's what this therapy is about is our, this therapy is, I, I say, we have two stories to tell. We have a cognitive story, which is like the verbal story, right? The events that happen, A, then B, then C. And then we have the nervous system story. So while I was doing this and this and this, what did I notice inside, right? Like while I was at the party or while I was swimming at the pool, even though I might've thought I was having fun, like, why does my stomach hurt, you know? And just getting curious about it, like not in a judging way, not in a shaming way, just like, oh, it's interesting that like every day my tummy really hurts, you know? So what we do in somatic work is, was we hear the nervous system story because that's usually a story that's never been told. Mm -hmm. um, usually the cognitive story is the one that's told over and over again. Um, sometimes people have never told their, their cognitive story either, but typically that's the one that's been told. And then the nervous system story of like, oh my gosh, right? Like my heart's racing and I feel like I'm just like trapped all the time. That's the one that's never been told that we want to give space for. Yeah. And that reminds me of my daughter because she's got a lot of tummy aches and a lot of headaches. I mean, She's seen doctors and there's nothing medically wrong with her, which is great news, but it's just anxiety based and, you know, stress based. And she's only 10 years old and this has been happening for, for years. And even as I think back um, about my own childhood, I started having chronic migraines at about 15. And I think so much of it was just having to keep all my feelings down. And so we're very intentional with our daughter about having her share her emotions because I, I said, you know, keeping your, your feelings in just makes you sick in some way with mommy. It happened to be really bad headaches and migraines, but it can make you sick in other ways too. So I think this is a fantastic approach to, to telling that story that doesn't usually get told. Exactly. And sometimes like we don't even realize it, right? Like I'm, you know, I can't tell you, I, you know, I can't look back on myself at 10 or seven or whatever and say like, would I have really been able to say to someone, I feel anxious? I don't know, but yeah. my body sure as heck knew. And so I think we tend to, we call it overriding in somatic work is we tend to override our body's cues. So for example, you know, it could be as simple as, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Like, mm -hmm. if I don't go right now, I'm gonna pee my pants. Um, and sometimes it's fine, we all override, especially parents, um, you have to override. You can't just be like, you know what, I have to go to the bathroom while my mm -hmm. kid is, you know, <laughs> um, needing something. But, so it's okay to override to an extent, but are we overriding to the point where then our bodies are kind of screaming to us a message that we maybe no longer hear? Like, for example, some people override their hunger cues so much that their body shuts down their hunger cues. Mm -hmm. um, 
that can help happen with certain eating disorders. Um, or that actually with pain sometimes what can happen is we might override certain pain cues. Like I'm not, you know, I keep walking on a certain foot that has pain, for example. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like, well, I don't know about you, but as a helping professional, I tend to take care of other people and not myself. And so it's like, well, I don't have time to go to the doctor. I'll just, you know, this is not a big deal. I'll minimize and minimize and minimize. And then it's like, oh my gosh, my foot's like five times size, right? And so pain, sometimes, of course, not talking about all pain, but sometimes these cues can be the body's way of talking to us when we're not, when we're not listening to it. Um, and so in somatic work, we're really here to listen to our body, not just to our mind, not just to our thoughts. And I think that's so important. I realized several years ago that I think that a lot of my physical pain is due to the, the unprocessed trauma. And the way I realized that was by realizing that pain is a communication tool. You know, my pain is trying to tell me something, whether that's I have, you know, some degeneration in my joints, which I do. Maybe it's trying to tell me that. Maybe it's trying to tell me that I haven't processed my trauma. Maybe it's trying to tell me that I haven't, you know, been completely honest with myself about a situation or that I, you know, should have stood up for myself in this situation or whatever it is. But pain is communication. It's our body's way of telling us something, right? Love that. Yeah. And a lot of what I talk about is staying curious because when we're curious, mm -hmm. we're not in a trauma response. So we can't smell the roses and run from a tiger at the same time. We just like, can't do it. Right. And so by staying curious, like what is this pain trying to tell me and just staying curious mm -hmm. about it? Because what I tend to do is I tend to jump to conclusions is I notice a pain or I notice a sensation and I'm like, oh, you know, let's face, say, for example, my heart's racing really fast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a panic attack. That's what it means. It's, it's, it, that's it. Instead, is it possible to invite myself to get curious about, okay, can I just notice, and this is a somatic technique, is can I start to notice the sensation? And even by labeling it pain, We've then created this, this sense of, um, for a lot of us, pain is bad. Right. So sensation typically is a more neutral term. And so by even labeling it as, okay, I'm noticing a sensation. Because what pain really is, is a sensation. So if I'm noticing like a sensation in my chest, and then by beginning to identify where it is, right? Okay, so I noticed it in my chest. And then one technique we use, and you might, this is a common, I think it's called the light stream in EMDR, is does it have a shape? Does it have mm -hmm. a size? Does it have a color? And so we're getting curious about it. The answer might be no. Sometimes I'm like, no, there's no color. There's no shape. What do you mean there's a size? And it's okay if it's no, but that means you're still getting curious about it. Instead of automatically going into its pain, that means I have to go to the doctor or I'm doomed. 
Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. So we can ask ourselves those questions and then we can get more curious about it and say, maybe is it moving or is it stagnant? Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes my sensations feel like they're moving a little bit versus they feel like they're like really yeah. just stuck in there. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And then if they're moving, we can ask ourselves, does it feel like it wants to move in a certain direction? Like up, down, right? There's a bunch of directions. Back, forward. And then this is where imagination comes in. We can say, because this, it just really does require imagination. And it's okay to say like, this feels woo-woo. Great. Awesome. Can we get curious about that? And if this feels like too woo-woo, not a problem, right? I always say to everybody, you are allowed, I'm an adult that you are allowed to say no to. Mm -hmm. Even adults, right? Kids. You know, I, sometimes I work with kids and, you know, kids feel like they can't say no to adults. Adults also feel like they can't say no to adults. I'm an adult. You can say no to like, this doesn't feel right. And that's okay too. So going back to, if it feels like it wants to move, maybe allowing it to move where it feels like it naturally wants to move. Right. So it might feel like, you know what, it wants to move down. And then allowing it to move down as far as it feels until it's like complete. So it might move down to your belly. It might from if, you know, I'm just focusing on the heart right now. And so that's kind of ways we get curious about a sensation and try to, like I said, un uncouple it from a meaning. So now I'm just like, oh, I have a sensation rather than I have pain. And pain means that, you know, I'm no longer in remission from this and I have to go back to the doctor. And this means that all the things. And the biggest thing I talk about is compassion. So if I notice that that meaning making is coming up, can I not shame myself for noticing that I have maybe a critic part coming up? And okay, I noticed that that I'm frustrated, that I don't like this. Okay, can I notice that? That's okay. You know, so that's kind of like the work we do. And for me, it's important to do it with somebody else because it's really hard to do it on my own, um, at least at first. Um, so it, it was helpful for me to do it with somebody else and I still have my own therapist, um, but because I think sometimes guiding myself can be really hard. Yeah. Is this something that you can do virtually with people? Yeah, great question. So I actually only do virtual work. Um, so you, you can do it virtually. Some people have a preference of doing it in person. The only thing you can't physically do in person is the touch work. Um, some SE practitioners do physical touch work. Um, obviously, I can't touch anybody mm -hmm. over the screen. But what we can do is imaginary touch. Some people love that type of work. Some people don't want it anyways. So yes, um, you can get embodied over Zoom. So oh, that's, cool. that's, that's, that's very cool, especially since 
we do so much virtually these days and a lot of people like doing things virtually because they don't have to get out of the house and especially with with chronic pain a lot of times we have trouble getting out of the house so just right. knowing it can be done you know from our own homes i think is really is really cool yeah so where can we get more information about you and about somatic experiencing and what you do and all that good stuff yeah so i run a group practice in michigan so um our website is embodiedwellnesstherapy.com um, we also have an Instagram, LinkedIn, um, that I hope you'll put in the show notes. Um, I will. Great. Um, so if you want a free 15 minute phone consultation, please reach out. The contact information, um, is on the website and everything goes directly to me. So I'll respond, um, usually within 24 hours and we can set up a time to speak, get any more information. Um, Unfortunately, due to social work licensing regulations, I'm only able to um, do therapy sessions with people in Michigan. Um, but if you have questions, please, please reach out. I love hearing from anybody um, and I can try to help you find resources if you don't live in Michigan. Um, if you wanna learn more about somatic experiencing, I mentioned earlier, traumahealing.org is somatic experiencing's website. And there is a directory on that website. So if you know, hey, I live in Minnesota or Oregon or whatever, um, there's a list of somatic experiencing practitioners um, in each state. So you can always go on that website or just learn more about SE. Peter Levine's also a good resource. So sometimes if you Google him, he has also great books. Waking the Tiger is a great book. Um, so I would start there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for coming on and giving a little bit of, you know, light to this mystery about what this is. Of course. Yeah. I'm really glad to talk about it. And also in the context of pain, because, you know, pain can be so frustrating. I get migraines and I know, mm -hmm. I know how debilitating it can be. Yeah. Awesome. Well, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any health, parenting, or life advice. For my freebie, 30 Ways to Relieve Pain Without Taking a Pill, go to ithurtstomom.com slash tips. Or if you'd like to contact me, email me at ithurtstomom at gmail.com. I wish everybody a blessed and pain-free day. Bye.